The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Often we rely solely or primarily on conventional medicine to treat symptoms and disease. But these can mask the problems, so we never get to the root cause of the disease. There are better choices. Welcome to Generation Regeneration with your host, Sandra Guy Malhotra. Conventional medicine does play an important role in effective treatment, but even more important are the daily lifestyle, food, and spiritual choices we make. Now, here is Sandra Guy Malhotra. Welcome, everyone, to Generation Regeneration. I'm Sandra Malhotra, your host and founder of health and wellness company WCubed, which you can learn more about at wcubedcommunity.com. Thank you so much for joining me, whether it's live or on demand. We appreciate all of our listeners. And our goal with the show is to provide information and support for those who want to take ownership of their health and engage in a lifestyle that regenerates their body, mind, and spirit. And one of the most important things you can do to take care of your physical health is to take care of your gut, or what's called your gut microbiome. If that phrase is unfamiliar to you, don't worry, because we're going to discuss what it is, what to add to your diet to support it, and what to avoid. Our guest today, Hannah Crum, is an expert in this area. Hannah is the kombucha mama, founder of Kombucha Camp, that's with a K, and you can learn more about them at kombuchacampkamp.com, which is the most visited website in the world for quality kombucha information, recipes, and supplies. K-Camp's mission is to change the world one gut at a time. She's a leader in this industry, and we'll get into all of her fascinating projects. Welcome to the show, Hannah. It's so great to have you here today. Thanks for having me, Sandra. I'm excited to be here. You are so welcome because this is such an important topic. So let's start by talking about your journey. What brought you to this place and to this business? Well, I first learned about kombucha in 2003 when I was visiting a friend in San Francisco. And while we didn't get a chance to try their home brew, I did see that they were making it themselves. And so when I returned to Los Angeles, Of course, it was already in all of the Whole Foods there, so I grabbed a bottle off the shelf, and, you know, looking back, the heavens parted, the light shone down, and as I (laughs) took my first sip, I really felt a connection to the beverage. It it literally electrified every nerve ending in my body, and that tangy, sweet flavor really resonated with me, and it it was like an electric moment, and I became thirsty for this product. So I was buying it all the time at Whole Foods and very quickly my thirst outgrew my budget. And Mm. so I did a little research. Obviously, I knew I could make it at home. And so I wanted to get myself my own uh, set of mysterious jars. So I went to the library and checked out all the books on kombucha I could find. I managed to source the culture locally and just started making it at home for myself. And uh, through this process of drinking kombucha, I felt inspired to teach others about it. So I've been drinking it for about a year when I took an Artist Way workshop, and it was through that workshop that I really uncovered that was kind of my next calling in life. And at the time, it was more, oh, it's a little camp at my house, and they teach you how to make this uh, delicious 
fermented tea beverage, and it evolved into a blog because I was very frustrated by the lack of quality information about kombucha on the Internet. And it just as an educational piece, education, I think, is the through line of my entire uh, purpose with this product is it's really to educate people so they feel confident making it. So we started the website. I started it just sharing information and knowledge, and people would reach out and ask for a culture here or there. And, it, it you know, because demand was there, I put a few items online. And in 2010, uh, there became a shift. And it became very obvious that people really needed this and wanted this. And so from there, it's evolved into what it is today, which is quality information, quality supplies, and quality support. Well, I love that you followed your passion that way and just your love of this product and built it up just because you feel so strongly about how important this is. So for those who are unaware, can you describe exactly what kombucha is? Yes, kombucha is very simply fermented tea. So just like we take milk and a yogurt starter and turn that into yogurt by adding that bacteria and yeast to the milk, the same is true of kombucha where we take sweet tea and we add our culture to it and that ferments it into a delicious, slightly effervescent beverage. It's also an acetic acid ferment, which another way to think about it would be tea vinegar. But where most vinegars are diluted to a 4 to 8% acetic acid solution, kombucha comes in around 1%. So it's kind of a nice, easy drinking vinegar, so to speak. Yeah. Now, a lot of brands out there make it a little sweeter because they're trying to appeal to a soda profile. But the but most of people, once they start to get into it, they really do enjoy the tangier flavors of, uh, of kombucha. Mm. So this isn't a new food. It's been around for quite a while. Can you tell us about its long history? You know, just like all of the fermentation cultures, its exact origins are still shrouded in mystery, but knowing that people have consumed it for hundreds, maybe thousands of years, uh, we know that the culture has been highly prized, and many of the old names for kombucha, magic mushroom, tea of long life, uh, hint at what the reason why people wanted to share this with their family and friends throughout history. So our culture is unique in that it's called a SCOBY. It stands for Symbiotic Culture of Bacteria and Yeast, and this SCOBY is bacterial cellulose. So it looks kind of like a mushroom cap, which is maybe why it was once called a mushroom. But this becomes our mothership, so to speak, of transporting that the culture of bacteria and yeast into the new batch of sweet tea. So we suspect it may have started in Asia, since tea and fermentation have been known in that region for a lot longer than anywhere else. And from there... We, uh, based on the history we do have from uh, the last 150 years, we know it got into Russia where it became very highly prized and um, passed around and studied quite extensively and then made its way to Europe and eventually the U.S. Okay. So what's special about this is that it's a fermented product. And we've talked about fermented foods before on this show and how beneficial they are for gut health. So can you tell us from your perspective what you think are important about fermented foods in your diet? Absolutely. Well, when we think about where we came from, Sandra, uh, you know, we evolved with bacteria and yeast. Uh, we, in fact, couldn't function without them because not only do they cover every surface of the planet, they also cover every surface of our insides as well. Point. And when we look at, and what's exciting about all this research on the human microbiome is we're under uncovering that, in fact, if we were to look at the number of cells in our body, 
the bacterial cells outnumber human cells 10 to 1. And so when we start to look at, well, what does it mean to be a human being then, and we see how much bacteria plays a role in this process, I feel the word bacteriosapien more closely captures <laughs> that symbiotic relationship that's, that's happening point. within our bodies. And it's the healthy bacteria and, that have not only provided nut- a nutritional role in our bodies, but it's also our immune system. So it's literally our healthy force field. And so when we consider that we live in an anomaly in time where fermented foods are not on every plate or consumed with every meal like they have been since time immemorial, it starts to make a little more sense why it is people are having so many health challenges. If we're not getting that healthy bacteria in living form in doses that we evolved to recognize and quickly utilize, then, you know, we're seeing a lot of uh, compromises to our health. Yeah. So do you eat fermented foods every day? I do. Every day I eat some fermented foods. Now, it doesn't mean that I necessarily drink kombucha every day, but I'll have a little bit of sauerkraut with my uh, with my meal. I'll have some yogurt in the morning. I have kombucha and kvass and kefir. So this is the, and you're hitting the nail on the head right here, Sandra, with that question. It's not one fermented food that's going to provide, you know, 500 to the 1,000 different types of organisms that live in our gut. So it's getting them in a variety of places and for, because each one's going to have its own unique variety of organisms. And, you know, honestly, we still don't know what exactly it is that we need. And so allowing ourselves to look to what historically has nourished and supported our health is a great way to start, you know, feeling good again. Yes, absolutely. And you just rattled off some examples of fermented foods there. Can you name those again? Yes. Um, so yogurt is going to be fermented milk. Uh, you can also find milk kefir is fermented milk. We have kefir water. Sometimes that's made with coconut water, which is really healthy and supportive for those who have yeast overgrowth. We have kvass, which can be made a couple different ways. The, the kind I enjoy is beet kvass, which is wheat and salt uh, that's allowed to ferment. We have sauerkraut, kimchi. Uh, you know, you look at every single culture around the world and part of the foods that they consider sacred and valuable and unique to their culture are more often than not the fermented foods um, that are ubiquitous in their cultures. That's right. Yes, I know Koreans are very proud of their kimchi. That's their national food, isn't it? It's so important. Yes, exactly right. And, you know, that again, that's a culture with a culinary history where they're continuing to value that long tradition and connection back in time. What's happened here in the United States is, of course, we're a melting pot, we're a hodgepodge. And as the processed foods revolution occurred, kind of post, uh, post-wars, you know, we've kind of been led away from preparing our own food for simplicity's sake. Well, unfortunately, in that process, we've also lost a connection to what what it is, uh, the ingredients that we're putting into our bodies. And so when we turn all of that over to a company that is uh, may or may not be putting ingredients into your food that you yourself would personally choose, I think that's where we found a lot of people um, are just, they're not getting the bacteria that they need in a healthy way. That's right. And I think your point is good about the transition to processed foods because processed foods are essentially dead foods. And what we're talking about here are foods which are essentially alive with bacteria. And yeah, and so they're not going to survive indefinitely on a shelf. Uh, These are foods that need to be made and fermented and consumed. Um, 
without sitting on the shelf for six months, for example. So thank you so much for that description. Let's get ready now for our first break. But before that, I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsors for today's show. And we have a one who is also very passionate about gut health. And if you've heard about leaky gut or have the symptoms of it, you can pick up the book that will heal it and seal it. It's called Meat Stock and Bone Broth, Cooking Techniques for the Gut and Psychology Syndrome Diet by Monica Corrado, Certified GAPS Practitioner and Teaching Chef. And you can contact Monica at simplybeingwell.com or purchase her book at celineriverpress.com. And another thing we emphasize on the show is the importance of not only what you put on your body, I'm sorry, not what you put in your body, but on your body. Because anything you put onto your skin is absorbed and becomes part of you. And I've recently discovered and love body care products by a company called Bella Organics. They have an amazing deodorant that's the best I've tried. And I've tried many that leave me feeling downright funky, which isn't cool. So you can click on their banner on the Generation Regeneration homepage or go to lovebellaorganics.com and you can use code GIFT to get 15% off of your order. And with the holidays coming up, Monica's cookbooks and Bella Organics body care products make great gifts too. So now let's get ready for that break. Thanks everyone for joining us. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra, and our guest today is Kombucha Mama and founder of Kombucha Camp, Hannah Crum. And on the other side of this break, we're going to get into a little bit more about what the gut microbiome is and why a healthy one is so important for your overall health. Stay tuned for more great stuff from our special guest. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. It's here. Announcing the launch of a new health and wellness community called whole-treatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. Are you a wellness entrepreneur or practitioner who wants to grow your business dramatically without compromising your values? Are you ready for an adventure and expansion with Sandra Mahotra, host of Generation Regeneration Holistic Radio, and Noam Kanstucky, accomplished coach and creator of Masterpieces? If yes, then apply to our Abundance Cubes Transformation Program, and you could be one of six entrepreneurs who receive business coaching and media exposure in our success challenge. Go to www.wcubedcommunity.com and click on Abundance Cubed under our radio show to learn more. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. This 
This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. And welcome back, everyone. Thank you again for joining us. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and our guest today is Kombucha Mama and founder of Kombucha Camp, Hannah Crum. And on the other side of this break, she started talking to us about what the gut microbiome is and how much of our body is actually composed of bacteria. So Hannah, can we expand on that point a little bit? Can you talk some more about what the microbiome is and why it's so important for many aspects of our health, not just digestion? Indeed. You know, this is, it's kind of interesting that this information is coming now because scientists and doctors have known about bacteria in the body for a long time, but they just assumed that they just lived there. They didn't understand that there was any actual function to them being there. And when we talk about bacteria, we're talking about some of the most genetically fluid um, organisms out there. They don't have a nucleus, and so when a cell membrane breaks, it's going to release all of that DNA back into the environment. And what, as a result of this free-flying DNA, other bacteria can then come along, capture that DNA, and this is how evolution occurs. And, you know, evolution hasn't stopped. We're still in the process of evolving, but, um, you know, it's the, the fluidity of these bacteria that allows for us to have evolved into what we are. And in terms of our immune system, uh, you know, there's this other concept called isopathy, which comes from the Greek, and it means like controls like. And we find this very much in homeopathy in terms of we're using a mild toxin that's been, uh, you know, uh, compounded down to a trace amount, but that trace amount triggers a healing effect in response to that being present in the body. And, um, and, and when we look at the gut in terms of the immune system and everything that's going on in there, we have... Uh, organisms that live in our body that, when out of balance, can be considered pathogenic. So, for instance, Candida albicans is something that lives in everybody's body and is a normal part of that ecosystem. However, when we're overexposed to antibiotics or uh, to things that might destroy a lot of our bacterial fortitude, what happens is it allows for these organisms that are normally not pathogenic in the right amounts to over-reproduce. And when you don't have the healthy bacteria there or the healthy yeast to prevent them from overtaking, this is when we see gut dysbiosis and we see shifts in, in our eating patterns and in our behavior and even our mood and emotions. And so when we start to realize that our gut is really, you know, I like to call it our first brain, when our first brain gets out of order, everything else goes haywire as well. And... Um, you know, what's so crucial about this, oh, and just in terms of being the first brain, why do I call it that? Mm. Well, the enteric system, which goes from the mouth to the anus and covers everything in the middle, uh, is made up of neurotransmitters, far more neurotransmitters than, than those in the brain. And so they're made of the same material. They're connected through the vagus nerve, but the, the nerve endings in your, in your enteric system are more numerous. And so you ever heard of gut feelings or, yes. you know, Something doesn't feel right. Yep. Uh, oftentimes it's because 
you're picking up on signals. And my personal theory is you're perceiving other people's bacterial force fields. And there's quorum sensing, sensing happening where the bacteria are exchanging information. And they may be communicating to you in a way that your, your brain in your head is not able to perceive. And oftentimes when we experience those kind of initial gut feelings, we can go back in our minds and enumerate, oh, well, this about the what they said didn't resonate or this action then stuck out to me. But in fact, we got those that information in a very immediate way through our gut and our mind then fills in the blanks behind it. So, but here's the thing. When you have guts out of balance, trusting your gut becomes incredibly difficult to mm. do because... Now you're listening to organisms that don't have your health best interest in mind. It has their own best interest in mind. So Ooh, in the example of candida overgrowth, you crave sugar. Yeah. And the sugar is to feed that yeast, but you end up experiencing horrible rashes and um, brain fog and all these other symptoms that go with it, and yet your gut is telling you to eat more sugar. And so trusting your gut in this day and age is not just listening to those feelings, but it's also taking knowledge and information and pairing that with how your body is reacting and starting to close that biofeedback loop. Wow, that was so well said. I really don't have anything else to add to that. (laughs) You just summed it up (laughs) so well, uh, how important the gut is to so many other systems in our body. And the, the fact that you called it our first brain, I find that completely fascinating. Now, when you eat fermented foods, how does that help your gut? What happens there? So, again, knowing that we have 500 to 1,000 different organisms living in there, well, how do they get in there? Um, the, the most easy way to get them in there, of course, is through our food supply. By putting them directly into our mouths, they then train, you know, work their way into our guts where they are of service to us. Other ways that we used to get them in there is we used to live closer to the dirt. We would live in dirt huts or had dirt on the floor. We'd make mud pies and eat them. And in fact, there's been quite a bit of interesting research showing that, you know, children who grow up on farms or are exposed to uh, a broader diversity of microorganisms in their communities tend to have lower incidences of asthma and other types of uh, immune system issues. And so I think all of these are important clues for trying to figure out how do we get the good guys back in us. But again, you know, certainly we could take supplements and probiotics and this and that, and there may be times when that's appropriate and beneficial for us. But the thing to remember is when we're consuming our good bugs, so to speak, from our fermented foods, we're getting them in doses that we as human beings have evolved to work with. So they're in quantities that work with our bodies. I mean, anyone who has never had fermented foods and is suddenly eating a half a cup of sauerkraut or drinking a ton of kombucha might find that their body immediately has a reaction and moves them into the bathroom to help evacuate some of the old stuff. But sometimes that type of reaction can be a little intense, and so we need to take it slower. And that's why by getting it in that living form in a variety of different ways in your food, not only... um, are you getting variety? But it tastes really good. You know, you look at the fermented foods, they were all our condiments, salsas, chutneys, uh, the, you know, the sauerkraut. These were all things that made, that complemented the rest of what we were eating. They helped with digestion. They helped to keep our immune system strong. And um, they added zip as well. Mm. Now, you mentioned that we were born with this microbiome. How does it really get in there as 
babies or children? I mean, is it really something that we're born with or does it come from breast milk? What's the best way if you have a newborn to make sure that they have developed a healthy gut microbiome? Terrific question, Sandra. And, you know, this is something that we're starting to see a heightened awareness of. Um, In fact, our first inoculation comes when we come through the birth canal. Uh, Many many research studies are showing that the, the colony of organisms that live in the vagina will change during pregnancy and, again, change again right before uh, giving birth. And these specific organisms are there to inoculate the baby and to help them to digest the breast milk in the first place. So, yes, uh, breastfeeding and vaginal births are going to be the best way to get uh, your microbiome going. Now, of course, if the mother has a compromised microbiome, you know, you may or may not be getting everything you want to that child. And so starting to eat healthier foods prior to getting pregnant is a great way to start to repopulate the gut so you build up a healthy microbiome. And in fact, what they're doing now with some folks who have no option but to do a C-section, they're starting to do um, swabbing where they will swab then the mother's vagina and then gently rub that over the child so that they will still receive some benefit even if they weren't able to go through the vaginal canal. So um, starting young is really important. And I know there's some people out there who are like, oh, well, you shouldn't give fermented booze or kombucha to children or babies. Um, but the thing is that um, we've always been giving them some form of a bacteria-rich food in some form or fashion. Moreover, if you look at vaccines, what are you doing right there? Now you're changing their immune system as well. So yes. uh, for me, that argument doesn't really fly. And it's more about, you know, incorporating them at an age and monitoring how they respond to it. You know, in Russia, it was yes. common to give infants kombucha as a way of reducing colic. So um, even when we look to other, you know, cultural practices, we see that these have been used in support of health and immunity for everyone, um, including infants and and pregnant women and and the whole population. Wow. Okay. That's very interesting. I didn't know that about uh, the birth canal and so forth. That's fascinating. Okay. Thank you, Hannah, for all that great information. And let's get ready for our next break. And I'd like to, again, give a shout out to our sponsors for today's show. As we're discussing today, food is the foundation of true health. Learn to cook to heal with Monica Corrado, teaching chef and holistic nutritionist. Monica is offering a four-day Learn to Cook for Wellbeing intensive in northern Colorado and around the country in 2016. For more information, go to simplybeingwell.com. And another thing we like to emphasize on the show is the importance of not only what we put into our bodies in terms of food, but what we put onto our bodies. Because anything that we put onto our skin is absorbed and becomes part of us. Go to lovebellorganics.com to shop for their line of non-toxic and wonderful face care, body care, and baby products. Be sure to use code GIFT to get 15% off your order. And with the holidays coming up, these all make great gifts. And thanks, everyone, once again, for joining us today. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra, and our guest is Kombucha Mama and founder of Kombucha Camp, Hannah Crum. And we'll see on the flip side of this break where Hannah is going to demystify the kombucha brewing process and show us how we can do it at home. It's easy to do so you can have this wonderful drink on a regular basis. We'll see you in a few. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
GMOs or genetically modified organisms are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. Are you a wellness entrepreneur or practitioner who wants to grow your business dramatically without compromising your values? Are you ready for an adventure and expansion with Sandra Mahotra, host of Generation Regeneration Holistic Radio, and Noam Kenstucky, accomplished coach and creator of Masterpieces? If yes, then apply to our Abundance Cubes Transformation Program, and you could be one of six entrepreneurs who receive business coaching and media exposure in our success challenge. Go to www.wcubedcommunity.com and click on Abundance Cubed under our radio show to learn more. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. And welcome back, everyone. Thank you once again for joining us. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and our guest today is Kombucha Mama and founder of Kombucha Camp, Hannah Crum. And Hannah, let's now talk some more about your product, Kombucha. It is available pre-made in many stores. For those who may want to purchase that now and again, how do you know what's a quality product and what's not? Um, so kombucha is a fermented tea, and it's really simple to make. Uh, it basically, we're brewing up a pot of sweet tea. We add our starter culture to it. After about a week or so, it's then ready to drink. Um, but not everybody wants to make their own fermented foods. And as simple as that is, sometimes the easiest way to start getting access to these products is through a commercial brand. And um, you know, we we co-founded Kombucha Brewers International as a trade association to help get the message out um, that we have great products that are already available to people on the shelf if they don't want to uh, make them at home yet. So um, uh, it's been a, it's a, it's a fairly young industry that started about 20 years ago with uh, one particular brand that's still out there today, GT's Kombucha. And it was started uh, after witnessing a healing process that his mother went through when she was dealing with cancer. And he, you know, both of them felt that drinking kombucha through that process supported her healing, and uh, as a result, they were inspired to um, to put it in a bottle and put it on the shelf. And in fact, this story is one we hear quite often from many of the producers because 
again, when you witness that type of healing uh, from something that's so simple, so delicious and easy to do, it's hard to not want to then share that with other people. It's contagious. And so, yeah. um, in fact, many of the brands out there today started as a result or have a very similar story to that. Oh, that's interesting. So you are a master brewer. So could you take us through the process of making kombucha for us? Absolutely. Um, so basically, as I said before, it's really easy. We make sweet tea. So our ratios are one cup of sugar per gallon with three to five tea bags. And tea is going to be anything that's from Camellia sinensis. So we say peppermint, tea, chamomile tea. These are actually herbal infusions. So, um, so we want to take tea. We then brew that up for about 15 minutes or so. We add our sugar, let that dissolve. And then as soon as the water is uh, at a temperature that can accommodate the yeast, just like when we bake bread, it has to be lukewarm, same with kombucha, we then float our culture in there. Now, it's always important to start with a quality culture because when you do that, you end up with delicious kombucha batch after batch with very strong, vigorous cultures that resist going to mold or, um, or not producing delicious flavors. And not all cultures are created equal. And so um, that's what we do at Kombucha Camp is make it easy for people to start brewing kombucha right away. When you get one of our cultures, within a week to two weeks, you'll be drinking your own kombucha at home, which is nice. Um, Now, once we've let it sit at its ideal temperatures, which is 75 to 85 degrees Fahrenheit, 78 to 80 is our sweet spot. Um, And it has a sweet, sour flavor that works with our individual uh, person then it's time to harvest it. At that point, we will observe that a new culture has grown across the top. We then remove both of those cultures, and we take out our starter liquid for the next batch. The remainder of that can then be put into your bottles. We can flavor it with fresh fruit, with herbs, spices. Ginger is a very popular flavor. And because it's um, a vinegar-like beverage, it's going to extract the nutrition from whatever you're putting into it and pass that nutrition on to you. It's also in this stage where we allow for some bubbles to build up in the bottle, which people really love. And in fact, just to sidetrack slightly, we are hardwired to seek out yeast because it contains all of the B vitamins in a living form. Um, since ages ago, before we even understood that my, you know, microbes existed, humans have cultivated yeast and they knew that the yeast was working when they saw the bubbles. So um, we have an innate desire for carbonation as a result of these years and years and years of consuming it um, in our DNA. But so once that's done and it has a nice flavor that you enjoy, you can then move it to the fridge where that will slow the fermentation process and help to hold that flavor. And, of course, now you've made your next batch and you're just continuing uh, the process forward. Nice. Now, do you need any special equipment for this, any type of special brewing gear, or will most kitchens have what they need? You know, aside from appropriate brewing vessels and the cultures, everything else is going to be easy to source. Tea and sugar are our basic ingredients, and those are very easy to access these days. You know, our favorite way to make kombucha is continuous brew, which we do in a larger vessel, and it's likely more akin to how kombucha was brewed in ancient times. The basic principle is that we make a larger batch, but instead of draining the entire thing, we only take out a portion. And um, in the vessels that we have, we do that through a spigot. It just streamlines the whole process. You don't handle the cultures as much, so there's less risk of contamination. Now, when we remove that small amount of um, kombucha from the vessel and top it off with the sweet tea, instead of taking that 7 to 14-day cycle like we mentioned previously, it only takes a couple of days for that to be ready. 
Now, the benefits to this is also that um, there are certain healthy acids made later in the fermentation process. At the 15-day mark and, again, at the 30-day mark, we see them peak. These acids are gluconic, glucuronic acid. Uh, Glucuronic acid specifically is produced by the body, but not in sufficient quantities. Um, Its role is that when we're exposed to toxins of any form, they first go through the liver, which kind of is our our filter. It's what cleans things out before they go into our bloodstream. Well, if we're over-inundated with toxins from the air we're breathing, the water we're drinking, the food supply, the chemicals in our beauty products, the liver can't handle that toxic load. And this is where we see a lot of these autoimmune issues occurring. Well, mm-hmm. when glucuronic acid is in sufficient quantities, it will bond to those toxic molecules. And then by drinking water through hydrolysis, we then flush them from our body. So really what kombucha does is it acts like a filter cleaner. It cleans out the liver so that the body can function properly. And um, these, this healthy acid peaks in the continuous food process. And, in fact, some early research is showing that when we then add the top-off tea, that continues to help build more glucuronic acid in the kombucha. Oh. And so this is a, a more beneficial process that yields a healthier beverage. Very interesting. Now, uh, as you're going through this process, is there anything that you need to be careful about? Is there anything that can go horribly amiss? You know, I love this question, and here's why. Um, We're afraid, and we're afraid because we lack knowledge and experience. Uh, Again, we're disconnected from this tradition. Our moms, our grandmothers, they weren't showing us how to do this and helping us to feel safe in the process. And so we're very suspicious and nervous by it. Uh, The truth is kombucha has a very low pH, um, and a healthy organic acid profile that in other studies has been shown to kill uh, E. coli, salmonella, listeria, some of these really bad guys on contact. So it's an incredibly safe product to work with at home. And just like every other food, because it is essentially a food, it's going to show you when it's not safe to consume, and that's through mold, right? Mm-hmm. So bread gets mold, cheese gets mold, food gets mold. We don't freak out. We might throw that away and not consume it because we know it's not appropriate for us, but we're not worried that our lives are in danger when we come across it. And the same is true of kombucha. You know, kombucha, if it's not brewed at the proper temperatures, if it doesn't have the right um, strength to it, to the culture, it's going to get mold. And what you do with that is you just toss everything away and you uh, start a batch with a fresh culture from your SCOBY hotel. Okay. Well, yes, I think that uh, probably a lot of folks who have never seen this done before might be a little bit nervous about trying, uh, but, Absolutely. you know, <laughs> it's it's food. And like you say, you're, you're cooking something. So get in there, give it a shot. The worst that can happen is you may need to start over. Exactly right. You know, um, you know. Not to freak anyone out, but you you could cause more harm to yourself, you know, working with raw meat inappropriately than you could with kombucha. And again, this speaks to how did we, for hundreds and thousands of years, pass around this thing if it were so easy to get sick and if it were so difficult to do. So just, you know, and this is where we come in with the knowledge and information. And in fact, our big book of kombucha, 400 pages all about the subject, coming out in March of 2016 by Story Publishing addresses all of the things that could potentially go go wrong. It gives you all the education and information you need to feel confident in the process. Plus, we throw in a lot of really great fun things. We've got almost 300 flavoring suggestions. We have um, several recipes, cocktail recipes, food recipes. We can even eat the culture, um, which I'd love to talk to you about on another show maybe, including kombucha cocktails. Um, And then in the book, what sets it apart from other books 
uh, out there on kombucha is we have a very robust section on the science and the research and the health benefits of kombucha, but all rooted in uh, research and papers that have been done on the underlying mechanisms of the product. Yes, very nice. Okay, and you also made a quick mention about kefir also, and you mentioned that on your website too. Uh, Can you talk about how easy that is to make? Absolutely. Uh, You know, and so we not only do kombucha, we also have water keeper, milk keeper, and jun, which is a green tea raw honey ferment. Uh, But keeper has been around, again, for ages and ages and ages, and it's simple to make. So with milk kefir, what we're doing is we take the grains, we're putting them into milk, and after about 24 to 48 hours, it becomes this kind of thick, drinkable yogurt. Now, it's not as thick as yogurt is, so it's a little on the runnier side, but then we can um, turn it into what we call caper cheese and use it in place of sour cream and other things. And just in terms of uh, bacterial diversity, you're always going to find more diversity in the products you make at home than those you purchase at the store. And that's oh. not a knock against store-bought products. It's because in order to scale up production of foods that we made on our countertops in very small batches, certain compromises have to be made in order to make it to scale. And um, and that's why making it at home is always going to yield the most, you know, dynamic results. So water keeper is, again, just a sugar water solution, same type of process. Um, but each organism is uniquely adapted to consume either the lactose, which is the milk sugar, or regular sucrose. Oh, very interesting. Okay. Thank you for this description of these wonderful products that are available on your website, kombuchacamp.com. So let's now get ready for our next break. And I'd like to once again thank our fabulous sponsors for today's show. Speaking of food that is good for the body, if you want to learn to cook to heal, then teaching chef and holistic nutritionist Monica Corrado has the program for you. Check out her Cooking for Wellbeing Learn to Cook program at simplybeingwell.com. And again, we want to mention the importance of using clean body care products. A brand that I really love is Bella Organics. And you can check out their line at lovebellaorganics.com. And as I mentioned, be sure to use code GIFT and get 50% off of your order. And that brings us to our final break. Thanks, everyone, once again for joining us. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra. And our guest today is Kombucha Mama and founder of Kombucha Camp, Hannah Crum. And she's taught us so much about gut health and how kombucha can support it. And on the other side of the break, we're going to talk some more about the rest of Hannah's activities, like the book that she mentioned, because she's a very busy lady. Stay close, and we'll see you soon with some more awesome sauce. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. It's here, announcing the launch of a new health and wellness community called whole-treatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. 
Are you a wellness entrepreneur or practitioner who wants to grow your business dramatically without compromising your values? Are you ready for an adventure and expansion with Sandra Mahotra, host of Generation Regeneration Holistic Radio, and Noam Kanstucky, accomplished coach and creator of Masterpieces? If yes, then apply to our Abundance Cubes Transformation Program, and you could be one of six entrepreneurs who receive business coaching and media exposure in our success challenge. Go to www.wcubedcommunity.com and click on Abundance Cubed under our radio show to learn more. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and our guest today has been Kombucha Mama and founder of Kombucha Camp, Hannah Crum. And she has given us such a wealth of information about fermented foods like kombucha and kefir and other things that are so important for our gut health. Now, Hannah, let's talk about your website, Kombucha Camp, and that's Camp with a K A M P for a moment. What types of products do you sell? Well, basically, when uh, your first sale grows your budget, that's when you come looking to us because we have quality, as I mentioned before, quality supplies, quality information, and quality support. So, uh, you know, when when you get your kombucha culture, your jun culture, your kefir, or uh, your milk or water kefir from us, it's not just here you go, good luck. So we give you full information, and then, of course, if you have any questions at all, you just drop us an email. And, in fact, we answer every email that is sent to us. So whether you're one of our clients or not, we are so passionate about education that we want you to feel empowered and confident in your process. And so one of the ways we do that is if you go to kombuchacamp.com backslash kombucha recipe, we give you the recipe for how to make kombucha on your own. Uh, nice. You also then can sign up for our free ebook, which gives you a lot more information about it and how to make it. And um, again, education has always been our focus. So knowledge is power, and then we give you the, the best quality tools and supplies. And in fact, we make products. We invent products that don't exist in the marketplace. So for instance, we have our new Ferment Friend, which is a heater with a thermostat that you can program what temperature it is you want for your target for your ferment, and then you don't have to come back and do any tweaking. There aren't any other heating mats on the, on the market that do that. Uh, we also create, uh, like we made these custom covers for our vessels because sometimes they're so slippery that even with a rubber band, the tops will pop off, and then you might get fruit flies or other things in there, which is no good. And so we have a cap with a rubber gripper elastic that will hold more snugly to the vessel. And I only use these as an example of our commitment to helping making fermentation easy and accessible for people, um, no matter where they're at in their knowledge or information on it. Yeah. Okay. That sounds like wonderful stuff. And you also mentioned the book that you're going to publish soon, The Big Book of Kombucha. Now, when is that going to be available and where can we find that again? Uh, The Big Book of Kombucha comes out 
in March of 2016. You can already pre-order it at your favorite local bookstore or your favorite store online. And so that will be uh, coming to you, delivered to you in March. And then uh, we'll be going on book tour next year, going to different conferences and things and, and events where we'll be able to connect with you in person. And really, again, because we're so uh, connected with the commercial industry as well, we want to create a great crossover. So you're not just coming and uh, getting a book, but you're experiencing what it's like to, to be part of the kombucha lifestyle. Yeah. And do you know which cities you're going to be stopping in yet for your book tour? Uh, all the major ones. So we'll be hitting, um, you know, uh, of course, Los Angeles, Chicago, Seattle, uh, New York. Um, you know, we just have a partial list right now, but we'll definitely yeah. be hitting all of the major cities. So anyone who wants more information on that can go to our website. And if you sign up for that free ebook, of course, we'll be uh, telling all the world where we're going to be when the tour starts at that time. Okay. All right. Maybe Denver will be on your list. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think Denver is on the list. So uh, we'll definitely come to you in person when we make it to that part of town. <laughs> okay, good. And you said that you and your husband also founded an industry trade group. Can you talk about that for just another moment? Yeah, absolutely. So Kombucha Brewers International was established in 2014. It came out of, I don't know if you remember this, Sandra, but um, back in 2010, there was an issue where uh, Whole Foods, based on the information they had at that time felt that some of the products were um, maybe had more alcohol than what the legally allowed limit is. And as a result of not having anyone to turn to to help uh, help them figure out this issue, many of the brands had to remove their products from Whole Foods and go through either a relabeling or reformulation or rebranding. It cost the industry millions and millions of dollars. And um, as a result of that, we knew we had to create something to help the industry uh, because you know, this product has transformed so many people's lives, it would be a shame for it to, to just disappear altogether. And to speak to how powerful the product it is, Sandra, even after it was taken off the shelves, once it came back, the profits were again through the roof. And this is wow. what we've seen. It's a rapidly growing industry. You know, um, in a natural channel, it's growing 30% year after year. In the traditional channel, we're seeing 50% growth year after year, of course, because so many people are just now starting to learn about it. And in, and to speak to this issue about the trace amounts of alcohol that are produced by the fermentation process, you absolutely can make a compliant kombucha. And, in fact, um, all of the under-21 products that are out there are in compliance. Uh, we've been working in collaboration with the TTB through the AOAC, which is a standard-setting nonprofit organization to establish a new testing method for the ethanol and kombucha. So our work is is very much there to stabilize the industry, to level the playing field, and so that, you know, all the products can be tested at a certain level and um, also to provide education to our brewers. Now, of course, there are some who've chosen to become an over-21 brand because they want to be able to do a traditional fermentation process without having to tweak it. And so, or they want to make hybrids. So we've also seen things like kombucha beer. So I suppose what this is to say is that we're at the tip of the iceberg in terms of understanding where our industry is going to go and how, how many interesting variations are going to come out of it. But the work that we do um, is, is in order to stabilize, to educate, to promote, and to make sure that everyone has access to this delicious, tasty health beverage. Yes, it is wonderful stuff. And can you just elaborate on one moment uh, about the over 21 variety? What does that mean in terms of the alcohol content? 
So all of so let's let's go historic here. You know, before prohibition, everyone was drinking things called ginger ale and root beer. These yeah. were traditionally fermented beverages with fruits and herbs that had a nutritional component as well, and they did contain trace amounts of alcohol. In fact, all throughout history, all the fermented drinks have had some amount of alcohol because it's a preservative where it prevents organisms from colonizing, and it's also a nutrient because it helps go to some of the root cause of disease, which is stress, and also it's been our medium for herbs and getting medicine into our body. So alcohol, again, we evolved with it as well as fermentation. Now, um, the legal definition of an alcoholic drink in the United States is 0.5% alcohol by volume. So if a product has that much or more, it's considered an alcoholic beverage. Okay. But when we're talking about a, tra- a traditionally fermented kombucha, because the bacteria consume the ethanol, we see that topping out at around 2% at the most. Um, however, that's or lower. More often it's lower, and more often it's just the same amount as you would find in, say, a ripe piece of fruit or, yeah. um, you know, apple cider or orange juice or something like that. It's okay. a small amount, and it's, a, it's very temporary. But um, because that 0.5% is our cutoff point, even if you're only making a product of 1% or, or up to 2%, it still has to then carry that label. Mm-hmm. It can't be sold to everybody. You have gotcha. to be over 21 to purchase it. And, in fact, we see that bifurcation in the GTs where he has his classic line, which is an over 21 line, and his enlightened, which is an under 21 line. So this is confusing to a lot of consumers because the, the experience that people have when drinking kombucha is not one of being drunk Correct. or intoxicated. Correct. Uh, no one's ever thinking, let me grab a six-pack of kombucha and knock right. them back on a Friday <laughs> night. You know, so it's, it, culturally it doesn't match up to our human experience, but we have to go by what the letter of the law is, and that's, and that's why we're trying to create this testing standard. Well, we're getting ready to wrap up. Thank you very much, Hannah, for providing so much information about fermented foods and kombucha and for the wonderful work that you're doing, providing education with your book and the industry trade group. Thank you so much for all of that. And thank you, everyone, for joining us. And we'll see you next week, same time, same place. We're going to play an encore show during Thanksgiving week, Getting Back to Your Roots with Dr. Robert E. Graham. And that was a fun show. So we're going to go ahead and replay that. And then on December 1st, our guest will be ex-NFL linebacker and master yoga teacher Keith Mitchell. I met Keith at a yoga journal conference, and he's an amazing person who'll no doubt share a lot of wisdom with us. So thank you once again for joining us, everyone. I wish you all a happy Thanksgiving with your loved ones. Namaste. Thank you for tuning in to Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. Please join us again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. In the coming week, think of the changes that you could make to regenerate your body, mind, and spirit. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. 
visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 